This is In-Depth NH of the New Hampshire Center for Public Interest Journalism. I'm Roger Wood. I'm speaking with Jennifer Melville, New England Field Coordinator and Vice President. Your organization has done a tremendous amount of work preserving the forests, which is so important to, to the climate and um, the Appalachian Mountain Trail, which is 1,500 miles from Georgia, I believe, to Maine. Now, Yes. Uh, yeah, we're focused on really the whole Appalachian region, so not the, you know, not the trail itself, which does go from, like you said, from Maine to Georgia, or Georgia to Maine, depending on which direction you want to go in. But it, it, you know, the trail runs along and through this incredible landscape um, that's part of the Appal- that's the Appalachian Range. And so we're working um, to protect forests in that big swath of forest land um, because of its high climate resilience attributes as well as for other reasons. It's just so important for people it's in terms of water quality and in terms of recreation, quality of life, clean air, um, helps support so many plants and animals, and, um, and as you started off with, in terms of climate change. So, yeah, that's why we're so focused on these big forests. Is there a concern in your group that uh, forests are in danger in any way? Well, yeah. I mean, we are seeing that uh, our forests are so important to us for all those reasons I said, and we have a short-term window in which we can um, potentially stave off some of the worst impacts of climate change, and our forests are critical, absolutely critical to helping us not have see the worst um, climate change results. So, um, yeah, it's really important that we don't take our forests for, for granted. Um, and, yeah, there's definitely development of some of our forests, and there's inappropriate use, you know, over-harvesting. Not that we shouldn't be cutting trees. We all, we all need and use trees for, you know, our wood stoves and for paper and um, to build our houses. But we need to do that sustainably because, and you can, you can harvest forests and use forests in a way that's still taking up carbon from the atmosphere and providing all those other benefits, clean water and recreation that we that I just mentioned. Um, but yeah, the forests are not, we can't take them for granted. Give, give us a little idea of how you go about this. Well, um, a couple of different things, but the the thing that I'll talk about most maybe is this new fund that um, you referenced sort of obliquely, this new Appalachian Landscapes Protection Fund that we have just launched. And what we'll do there is we'll invite um, organizations, towns, tribal entities to come to us um, with land protection projects for these forest lands, and then we have funding that we can give them to help get those projects done. So they can either acquire the land or they can acquire something called a conservation easement. And what a conservation easement does is it, it, you buy certain rights from the landowner. So let's say, for example, you owned 100 acres and you wanted to keep that 100 acres because um, you love it and you care about it, but you want to make sure it's never developed. Well, a land trust or a town or a tribe can buy those conservation rights from you those development rights, I'm sorry, and forever conserve the property. So you'd still own it, you'd still manage it, you'd still walk on it, you could still cut your firewood. Um, it would do all the, you know, give all those benefits that 
um, you get from it, but you would sell those development rights. So this conservation easement is another tool that we use um, to protect land. It's kind of like current use. Except it's permanent. Mm. Yeah, current use is you get reduced taxes for taking care of your property, but it's not permanent. A conservation easement is usually permanent. So you and you're selling those rights. You're giving. You know, you're basically saying, okay, I never want to see this piece of property developed. So instead of putting a house on it, I'm going to sell that value, and in return, I'm going to get money. But I'm going to promise it's going to be on my deed that I'm never going to develop this piece of property. The figure eighteen million dollars uh, struck me as being available for this. Maybe you can go into that process. Yeah, sure. So we are um, we have funds available for uh, several different regions along the Appalachians. We, there's a really important area in um, the southern Appalachians in Tennessee and Alabama and a little part of Georgia that we have funding for, then parts of the mid-Atlantic in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and then up here in the northern forest, Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So um, and $18 million is not a lot of money. So really what we're trying to do is um, – with that funding is, yes, support projects, but also raise the awareness of the importance of protecting land for climate change. We want people to, um, other funders to fund these projects and groups to start focusing on the important role of land protection for climate change. As I said, you, we just can't take our forests for, for granted. Um, they're so important to helping us um, stave off the impacts of climate change. Do groups or individuals like compete for the money or part of the money? It's group. It's it's organizations. Yeah, you you like as a landowner, you can't just come to us. You'd have to have an organization that you'd be working with, um, and it is a competitive process. Um, but it's a. I would say I think like to think of it as a friendly competitive process because yes, you're applying and we're going to be ranking proposals against each other. But we try to be very open about that process. We always try to discourage people from applying if we don't think we're going to fund them. We want to fund as many projects as possible. So it's a, yes, it's competitive, but as I say, in a, in a hopefully friendly, open, positive way. Are, are these grants aimed at northern forests? There are some grants that are, yes, specifically for Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, and um, yeah. The Upper Valley is interesting because uh, it's the forest straddle New Hampshire and Vermont. I know you've done a lot of work in Vermont, but uh, how about New Hampshire? Well, yeah, that part of New Hampshire is really important that, as you said, the Upper Valley, you know, that Hanover area, um, and is a really important wildlife linkage between uh, the Green Mountains and the White Mountains. And so it's really important, and there's some big forests in there, that those places retain and stay intact. Um, so yeah, that's a really important area of New Hampshire. The other area of New Hampshire that we targeted in this fund is is northern New Hampshire, um, kind of north of the Whites, uh, because there's also some really important land there along the Connecticut River and then connecting into Maine. Um, we've done other, yeah, we've had other uh, funds that we've done in New Hampshire. We've helped protect I don't know the acreage. I could get that for you if you needed it. But uh, we have protected many projects in New Hampshire. We've done a lot of work in southern New Hampshire um, and, again, in, in, northern, in the northern part of the state because you have these really incredible intact forests um, 
that I know people in New Hampshire love and, and uh, appreciate. You're actually also fundraising as this goes on? Yes, we don't have our. We have an eighteen million dollar goal. I think we've raised about twelve and a half million. So yeah, we're hoping to raise more. Um, it's a little funny, you know, process of raising money to give it away. But the idea is that we're raising funding that wouldn't otherwise come into the region. That's our goal. So we're either raising money from uh, foundations that don't typically fund in these regions, or getting foundations to give a, to give more money than they usually would give into this kind of work. Yeah, in a practical way, you're a nonprofit, and uh, there's always a, a challenge in raising money for a nonprofit. Yep, that's that's true. It is, but it's what we do, um, and I think people are pretty excited about this. We had a <clears throat> excuse me a webinar yesterday just to help those that are applying, um, you know, learn about how to fill out the application and what our goals are and how to put a good project forward, and we had almost 200 people on that call. So I think there's a pretty good um, pretty good amount of interest in this, and hopefully that spills over into the funding community as well. Do you have anything to add to this? Because we've explored a lot so far. Well, I'm you know appreciative of your asking that question. I, um, I guess I just want to just repeat the thing that I keep saying over and over again is, you know, we don't have a lot of time to um, offset the impacts of climate change. If you look at what uh, the international community, who scientists are saying is, you know, if we need to turn this around fast. Um, we have maybe 30 years um, before, I mean, we don't have 30 years to turn it around, but we have to have a 30-year target. We have to be really carbon neutral by 2050. And our forests can play a huge role in that if we protect them and if we manage them better. So um, we're excited to be part of that, even if it's just a little tiny piece of it. Um, whatever we can do to help, um, you know, create a healthier place for, for people and plants and animals. That's Jennifer Melville of the New York-based Open Space Institute. In-Depth NH relies on support from grants, corporations, businesses, and individuals. Thank you. I'm Roger Wood.